It is good to be in the house of the Lord, to come to worship him and bless his holy name. For our God is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Let us prepare our hearts to receive his word. Lord, we come again, seeking, Lord, your word to minister to us. Speak now, Lord, for your servants are listening. Lord, may your word burn within our hearts as we move and continue on living in this place. Amen. Looking on the subject matter of holiness, being set apart, being dedicated to God, we're going to look at how David has set apart and dedicated what he had for God and for his temple. Looking at this, we find this in Chronicles 29th chapter. We will look at these verses 1 to verse 15. In our Old Testament, we have Genesis, then we get into uh, our, our Judges and Joshua, then we get to Samuel, and then we get to First, Second Kings, and then we get into our Chronicles. And so as you're flipping through there, you come to the end of this book of Chronicles, you come to the end of David's reign as king, but yet it's not the end of David worshiping and serving God. Isn't it a good thing to know that we can worship him until our day is gone? Amen. David was a worshiper, and he wanted to worship him while he can. And so we're going to pick up as David gets excited of this time of dedication, this time of setting and establishment for his King Solomon. We'll pick up here in verse 10. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The Word of God says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. Verse 15, we are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. You can help me announce this subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them it's yours. Amen. Make sure nobody feels left out. Look at your other neighbor. Tell them it's yours. Now, you probably felt good when someone told you it's yours, but what I'm talking about when I say it's yours, it belongs to God. Yes, yes, yeah. There was, a, there was a popular song out back in the day talking about the world is yours, it's yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours. And it was a popular song, and people loved it. Yeah, the world is mine. It's mine. I can do what I want. I can get what I want, be who I want, because it's mine. But I'm here to correct it that when we say it's yours, it should be directed towards God. Because everything that I have, Lord, it's yours. 
Got a few people here with me this morning. Look at this text. David is getting ready to set up the temple that he wants to build for God. David loved God so much that God blessed David with a house of cedar, a house of oak, to have a kingdom, to have a temple. David was sitting down one day, was looking around, said, you know what, I got it made. I've made it in life. God has blessed me with all these things. And then he looked at God's temple, but yet his temple does not look as good as my castle. I, I, I need to make something that's great and magnificent for my God. And so he came up with the idea, said, I'm going to build God a temple. He asked the prophet, hey, prophet, is it good that I make a temple for God? The prophet said, that's like a good idea. That's good. David said, great, I'm about to go do it. Prophet comes back to him and says, nope, I'm sorry, I'll check with God. God said that you can't build the temple. They said, that's all right, I'm going to set it up so that my son can build, because I want to be a part of this great opportunity of bringing glory unto God. Can I help somebody out? That when God has blessed you with so much stuff, it's not for you. David could have said it's just for me and me alone, but he looked for an opportunity to be a blessing to everybody else. We need to give to be a blessing to others, not give to be a blessing to yourself. I don't want to step on any toes, but I'm just saying what I'm saying. But people say that you need to plant a seed in order to get something. And so some people get the wrong preference of realizing that I'm going to give you something so I'll get something back in return. I want to help you out that sometimes you're going to give somebody something, but you may not get anything back in return. And, and we get it caught up that some people say, well, I'm going to sow this amount of money expecting God to give me this back amount of money. And, 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 and you get caught up looking at what I'm going to get out of it instead of looking at how can I be a blessing to somebody else. You see, when you look at when I give you something, I'm not giving it for my sake. I'm not giving it for your sake, but I'm giving it to honor God and be a blessing to you. And so when you put it in a proper perspective, David didn't care how much he gave because he knew why he was giving it. That's why when you come to people and they are generously able to give because they can give knowing that I'm not giving to get something back in return, but I'm giving out the overflow and the love of my heart that I'm giving because I desire to honor God. I'm not talking to somebody here on this morning because if you ought to get excited, realize that I'm not giving for my sake, but I'm giving because it belongs to him and he's blessed me with it. So I might as well share it. Because look what he says there. He's, he's saying that I, I've given you, Lord, of my resources. I, I use my resources. Look, look, look closely there. He didn't say I gave you my stuff. He says I used the resources that were available to give. Let me help somebody out. Somebody asked you for $100. You got $100 from somebody else and you gave it to somebody else. You didn't give them $100. You used your resources to get money from somebody else. To give to somebody in need. But then if you reach into your wallet and say, here's another $100. Oh, I'm lost somebody. You said they already asked for 100 I gave them 100 but they asked you for 100 You gave them out of your resource, but if you gave from yourself. Look what David says. He says in verse 3, he went the extra mile. You see that there? And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I'm giving all of my own private treasure. Y'all lost somebody. 
Y'all see, first he pointed out, I use my resources. I use the influence of my kingdom to ask from this country, from this country, to give me resources so I can have this great amount. But I realize that, God, I love you so much, I want to give you more. He said, what's this got to do with anything? Was it, look, look at his heart. He could have said this was good enough. He could have said, I, look what I did and this is how it is. But he says, no, because of my devotion, because of my desire to love you and to serve you, because of my desire to build in you this temple and I want it done right, I am giving you of my private treasure. He's saying the gifts that people have given me, what I have acquired, what I received, I realize, Lord, I want to give it back to you. Now, look at this. Now, look at this. He could have said, I need to hold it back for my children, my grandkids, all that stuff. So that they be doing said, no, Lord, it's yours. And I want to give it back to you. Why? Because we want to be a blessing to others, not for ourselves. So he goes the extra mile. He gives from his treasury, from his own private house. He went over and above what he has already provided. Let me help somebody out with what this is. This that tithe is what you owe. Offerings over and above. Lost somebody. They, they go past talking about tithing again. They, y- y- yes, he is. Because it's in the Bible. Tithing is the 10%. The offering is over and above. Think about how you want to give a tip to somebody that serves you coffee. You want to give over and above what you already paid. God has not, has he not given you life? Has he not allowed you to get some resources in your life? And so you're going to just give him the minimum and give everybody else the maximum? 10% is the least you can get. I said the least. You should look to go above and beyond for a God that loved you so much that he went above and beyond for you. And so when David looked at it and said, Lord, you've done so much for me. i got to go above and beyond what you've given to me. And so in this process, in this process, we want to go the extra mile. And what he does is this. He challenges them. Look what David did. David did not do this without setting the example. After he's done this, he asked the people who will now follow my lead. Who will now take and dedicate it to the Lord. Some texts say will fill your hand or be consecrated. That terminology about fill or, or take or f- to fill your hand or to be consecrated. Basically what it was used for the priests when they were doing something. It was dedicated. It was sanctified. It was offered, dedicated unto God. So he's saying who here will take what you have and dedicate it to God, separate it unto God. Because the issue that some of us many times we have when we come into the house of God, when it comes time to give what belongs to him, we are thinking about what I'm giving up. What we need to realize that we're not giving up anything because it's his. And so we come with a personality that I'm not giving up anything. I'm giving to God what is his. And how can I give him as as he has given unto me? That's what King David says. How can you follow my example and give what I have given unto him? And so when he challenges the people, the people respond. It says the servants and the kings and the rulers all came bearing what they could. Y'all see that in the text? You find that verses 5 and 6 and 7, after he challenged them, verse 5, verses 6 and 7 says, The servants of the household, the kings, all brought of their treasures, of their precious jewels, for the temple of God. They followed the king's lead in giving as much as they could to serve the Lord. 
It said those who possessed precious stones gave them to the treasury, showing that the ones who had what was precious was willing to offer this to the Lord. What it goes back again, think about this. What do you have that's precious that you're trying to hold on to? Or what do you have that's precious? You say, Lord, I give it back to you. You see, we think we, can, we have value when we hold on to stuff. It, may, it makes me think about how uh, my father, as a child and his, with his siblings, they had their own treasure box. So they took, a shoe, they took a shoe box and they buried all kinds of stuff. They know they buried, they buried Jackie Robinson baseball cards, Super, Superman and Batman comic books, buried them in their backyard. And so I'm hearing my dad say this to me and say, where are they now? He said, I don't know. They're probably corroded now. Because what I'm thinking about, that's worth money. <laughs> I'm like, I could take that Jackie Robinson car and I can get rich. Where's that stuff at, dad? He's like, I don't know. We just buried it. And, and so it goes to mind that he, they were just having fun, burying to them what they thought was precious as a treasure, not knowing as a child that, you know, in a cardboard box, the dirt and everything we'll get to is going to corrode and fade away. But to them, it was just fun. But to us in our lives, that's what we do. We have stuff that is precious, stuff that is valuable. We don't know its worth. We bury and we wonder why it corrodes and goes away. And when it comes time to use it, we have nothing to show for it. God is telling us that he's given us gifts. He shows us in the parable of the talent. He gives us gifts, but when you bury them and you don't use them, they will dissolve, they'll go away, and you have no use for them. God has given us precious stuff that we try to hold on for our selfish self, and we don't get anything out of it. But when God allows us to give, get, have what we have and we give to others, we are a blessing unto them, and God will make room. Watch out. He will make room to be a blessing to you. But we get caught up about what am I going to get out of it. I want to understand that you don't always get an immediate return. You may not see it on this side. But sure enough, when he shows up again, you'll be able to see all the rewards he has in store for you. And that's why Jesus says, in my father's house is room with many mansions. He said, in my father's house. He didn't say a house down here. He said, in my father's house. So sometimes we need to hold on and just hold out till we get to the Father's house and we can get everything that he has for us. But while we're here, it belongs to him. We got nothing and we might as well just serve him with what we have. And so that's why they came rejoicing to the Lord because they caught on to that. They caught on onto David's example and saying, David, if you're willing to give, we're willing to give. We're going to give everything that we have. We want to make this sacrifice. We will willingly give. Do you see that they are willingly giving to them? There's, there's nobody being held at gunpoint. There's nobody telling you, you got to stay here till you give something. They are willing. He just asks, who is willing to give? Because David says, whether you give or not, I've already given everything I was need. If y'all look closely at the text, everything that's required for the temple has already been gathered. Everything that's required for the temple has already been gathered. But David said, but that's not enough. God, I'm going to give you exceedingly. I'm going to give you out of my treasury to make sure you have everything so this place will be beautiful. He says, people, who's going to follow my lead? And then what happens? They start giving an overflow of calm. And from this overflow, look what happens. David starts rejoicing. That's what we just read in verse 10 to verse 15. He starts rejoicing and praising God and saying, God, who are we? Who are we able to give abundantly and willingly what already belongs to you? Mm. This is what I learned from my father. My father would give me money. He'd let me go out, and he'd tell me I want my chains back. 
And he's letting me know that what I gave you is not yours. And you need to be a wise steward that when you come back, I want my change back. And so, therefore, I understood that when I came home, first thing I did is say, thank you, Dad, and here's your change. But I gave him back what was his. And I was happy to give back what he because he was happy to give it to me. And, and so from that, it increased what he would give. Because you were responsible for this, I will give you more, knowing I'm going to get my change back. And some days, he let you keep the change. Oh, those are some good days. And, and look how they were willing to give to God what was his. And they were excited about, not looking about what they were going to get back, but just excited to give God back what is his. And David's prayer shows us that all is the Lord's. We see that in that Psalm, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, all that, belong, all that inhabits the earth belongs to him. And so they were, bad, they were glad to give back the giver of good things. James writer says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So we're, we're able to give back to the perfect giver how he gives us. Then he goes on and says, riches and glory come from you and power is in your hand. I, I like how he shifts now. He shifts now and says, Lord, we're giving back to you, which don't need anything because riches and glory come from you. Power is already in your hands. And look at it, God. We are nothing. We are aliens. We are strangers in this land of our ancestors. D d can I help you out to understand what he's saying here? God told Abraham that I will give you a land, and he says, oh, go to your children, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, the patriarchs of this faith. And then David, King David, has the nerve to say we're only strangers because he understood the premise that God gave them this land, and it wasn't theirs. They didn't work for it, and there were only tenants, only stewards. And look what he says. We're like vapor, here today, gone tomorrow. Can I help somebody out? That we try to hold on to so much wealth, to so much treasure, to so much pleasure, and it's not going to last. It is not going to last. You can be on, on, on Forbes Top 100, the most richest, and next week you could be the brokest. It's not going to last. But what we do for the kingdom of God has eternal staying power. And so when they realize that, God, what we have on this earth is only temporary. What we have does not matter. So we're going to give what we have now. Because we're like aliens. And what I like about this humility aspect that he was giving, because some people get caught up to say, how, look how much I gave. I gave more than you. I gave more than this. I gave more than that. And, and, and that's why Jesus used that example of this great uh, Republican and this tax collector saying how much he gave and how much he gives. And, and saying that this, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the one who repent and the, the widow who gave a mite, those two examples he gave when he using those two people point out they gave more than the other one that wants to brag about how much they gave. And what I'm trying to highlight is this, that it's not how much you give that matters. It's how you give it. You see, when we give God willingly and joyfully what belongs to him, that's what he's after. He's after us to realize that that is dedicated unto him, that is holy unto him, that we let it go. Because so much of our stuff that we hold on to, we want to control it and we want to make sure how it's going. But if it's his, then, Lord, do what you want with it. 
And when we give unto him, we want to bless him. We want, to watch, we want him to say, Lord, we bless you with this. We give this to you generously, willingly, and lovingly, realizing that we are nothing. We are just tenants to what you have given us, and you bless us abundantly. We want to bless you in the same fashion. And then when you look at this aspect of that, how we are small in his sight, that we are nothing, we are just for a moment, again, brings the gravity of the whole situation that God was mindful of us. To think that we're just vapor, yet he sent his son to die for us. <laughs> to think that, that our life is so short that he promised us eternity. To think of that, how we have nothing to give him, but he gives us stuff so he can give it back to him. It reminds us that, Lord, we are nothing. We are small, but yet you love us enough that you bless us over and over continuously, you bless us so much that we are so blessed. We don't know how blessed we really are. And we just give to you small things, but yet you bless us with great and awesome things. And what I like about it, that even when I am not responsible, I'm not a wise steward, I'm not good with the resource he gives me, it does not stop him from being a blessing, benevolent, merciful, graceful God. But it's at those times we should wake up and say, Lord, I got to do better. Because you've been so good to us. You blessed us. You've given so much to us. How dare I hold on and not give to you? So the challenge is, as David has given, who here is going to willingly give to God what is his? Are we willing to give of our time? To give of our treasures? To give of our talents? Some of us, some of us, have a problem always with the money part because we just know I, I, I got to pay my bills. I got to do this. I'm, I'm going to close with these two examples. Pastor Hart gave me this example of a pastor that told his young man that he said he couldn't tithe. And he says, well, if you, you, you give what you can, and if you come up short with your bills and anything, I will make it up for you. So the man went gone and gave and gave. And so the time came up that the time was, of trial was over, and he asked him, did you fall short of any of your bills? How can I assist you? He says, no, I made it. And he says, you are willing to trust me who has limited resources to supply your every need. And you can't trust a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all things and supply your every need. The last example I want to get is some of us are dealing with issues because we don't want to tithe and we're in debt because we spend so much and I, I heard it this way, that you're in debt because you do everything but tithe. That's D-E-B-T, doing everything but tithe. It's amazing how we can set money aside for vacations, for cruises, to get our hair, to get our clothes, to get our shoes. But when it comes to God, we have nothing set aside. Oh, I need some shoes. Well, you need to give to God. And so when we look at, if I give God my ties, my talent, my treasures, my time, this is what we need to dedicate unto him because our life is not our own. And so when we look, uh, we look at it, at, at this series that we didn't love being holy, I want us to realize that it's his. My life is his. What I have in my house is his. All that I have is his. It changes the perspective. Because when it's his, then we got to be mindful to be accountable for what he's given us so that we can have a good report. Because you sure enough want somebody to have a good report to you if they have your stuff. 
You when they return it back to you, you want it in good condition. You want it the way that you gave it to them. And if not, you are you are you want to ask them: Are you willing to replace? Are you willing to repair? And so the same praise that we look at, God has trust us with so much. We can say, God, you can trust us, and we will get, willingly give back to you what is yours, Almighty God. Because, God, you've been so good to us. And we know this because he sent his, his son to pay the price for us on Calvary. As the song says, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. And I'm so glad that we'll never know. But we'll know the joy of salvation. We'll know the joy of his healing. And we know the joy of being in his kingdom. So let us now practice right now and surrender right now and realize, Lord, is yours and we want to live for you. Let's bow our heads.